0: You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. We know
1: nothing. We know nothing. We know nothing. We know nothing. We know nothing. So give us a call. Welcome to We Know Nothing, a very special We Know Nothing. I am joined by the gorgeous and bearded Phil Hanley, who's doing much better than he was last week. Yeah,
2: I feel a million five.
1: (laughs) Mr. Sam Morell, still in his Knicks jersey. Who knows why and how, but he looks sharp.
0: Very sharp. Everyone's loving the Knicks shirt.
1: He's coming off of a real high from just letting everybody know my email address and former ex's name. You know what?
0: You bring someone to not play by the rules, and that's just kind of what they do. Yeah, it's bad boy Sam Moreau.
1: That's true. Hired assassin. And the darkest man in comedy. No, I don't know how to introduce him, but he's a delight. I am One a One of my personal fan. faves. Oh,
3: thanks. Uh,
1: One of your best friends. Both yeah, you guys share I him. Joe.
2: I don't care for him, but people seem to love him. Uh, I love him.
1: Uh, Mr. Joe <laughs> Mackey. I love Joe Mackey with all my
2: heart. Joe Mackey, everybody.
1: Hi, thank, Joe. thank you. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? I, I'm, uh, the
2: incorrigible Joe Mackey. thats what well, he kind says.
3: If Sam doesn't play by the rules, then I just—I don't even know the rules. <laughs> so maybe I am, and maybe I'm not. I don't—I don't even care to find out.
1: You guys do red eye together. Tell me what Sam's like on the set of that.
3: Well, he—that's the only time he takes off his Knicks jerseys. Weren't like six days in a row. I'm yeah. sure it probably smells terrible. First off, by it's now. not a
0: jersey; it's a sweatshirt. It's a so already, your opinion is move. Uh, no, we wear ties on red-eye because we keep it real.
1: Sometimes you wear cardigan. I mean, um, a a cashmere sweater.
0: I work. It's not cashmere. It's just like a wool cardigan. Yeah, come on, wore. cashmere.
1: I know. I thought for a second it was cashmere. Yeah, you
0: Well, apparently someone's trying to get the pipe. <laughs> because.
1: <laughs> just because I'm complimenting my friend doesn't mean I have Ooh, ulterior yeah. motives.
2: Yeah, ever since you've been single, yeah, it's <laughs> like she's like, you? "Anya,
0: back off!" Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm seeing someone.
1: Joe, um, Sam has outed a lot of my personal information on this podcast it's been difficult for me you know like I'll just talk about a breakup and then he'll say the person's name and I have to bleep it out come at me bro wow is he like this toward you? Sam isn't a nice
3: person. <laughs> I think deep down there's like a heart of gold. I yeah. think I too. Yeah. So yeah. I'm digging, and yeah. that's that's why I stick by him. People are like, "Why are you friends with Sam? He's got no talent." I say talent. that to you all the time. He, <laughs> yeah. he throws people under the bus. Yeah. His career's going nowhere. Don't mm-hmm. hitch your wagon to his star. And I'm like, you know what? Because
1: deep down, he cares.
3: Yeah. He's
1: got a heart of I gold. Care. He really. I'm does. a great person. Does he call you on the phone? Sometimes. Yeah, Yeah. me too. We have some good conversations. I call him in
0: the middle of the night and I say, you stink, and then I hang up. (laughs) That's the extent of which we talk on the phone.
1: Tell me about, how long have you been living in New York? I want to know how you met Phil. I want to know how you met Sam. Take me back to those early moments.
3: Well, I was a wide-eyed kid with a dream uh, (laughs) 10 years ago when I moved to the city. You moved here 10 years ago, Joe? Uh, Nine and a half, almost 10. Okay. Almost 10, and I took a comedy class at at another comedy club, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was this... Like eighteen-year-old drunk kid in the class, and I'm like, you know, he's the only other guy that's kind of funny, mm-hmm. and uh, his name was uh, what was his name? Jeff. Reg- <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but but you know he that he. He's, that kid's dead, and Sam was also oh in the class.
0: <laughs> Maggie <laughs> told me a great story. Yeah, we were you on the subway the other night. Maggie dark. told me a story I loved the other night about uh, mm-hmm. we were on the subway, what, about how you were your first gig at the uh, Village Underground.
3: Oh, uh, not the Village Underground, the Underground Lounge. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah the Village Underground, the Village underground is a
2: great, a great room. Yeah, yeah I meant the A great room, lounge. but
3: when you come to the city and you don't know anything about stand-up, <laughs> there are all these, like... Stand-up predators <laughs> yeah. Which is basically what they are They're like sexual predators You wish Chris Hansen except, would
0: come out and sit them down with some lemonade except, Do you know what you did?
3: Yeah, except of se- trying to have sex with you They tried to get you to do stand-up for free oh. Where you do all the work That's what That's what they basically <laughs> do people, right. hand
0: out flyers, all that stuff
3: And uh, uh, this guy had this website He's like, try out to do shows on At this club So I sent him a tape He's like, oh, that's funny You can do a spot on this day and I'm like, "All right, this is going to be fun. I can finally do a spot that's not a bringer show or our club our cl- club class graduation show." And uh <laughs> the day before he says, "Okay, you just have to show up uh an hour and a half early in flyer." And I'm like, "Well, a I did." The day
0: before after he booked you. After right?
3: like this he booked me like weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay." And you already sent in a video yeah. to get his. Like it was a, there was a long process. Had you
1: already moved to New York at this point? Oh yeah, I
3: was already I was okay. already living here and uh, cuz I, I moved here to do stand up, I didn't uh, I didn't think you could really get anywhere other places besides here in Los Angeles. And so a, a day before he says, you have to hand out flyers. I'm like, all right, you know, this guy's put me on uh, a show with good comics that, you know, he doesn't know me from anywhere. I can do him a favor. Right. So I show up, it's it's snowing out and I'm handing out flyers and about after I've been out there already an hour uh, the guy who's running the show taps me on the shoulder and says, the producer, who I don't want to name, uh, just called and he says, you have to get five people in or you can't go on. I was just like, oh man, you know what? I'm just going to go. Uh, and uh, the guy who was running the show for the producer was like, I totally understand.
1: <gasps> so you uh, had flyered for them and then you had to like drop out of the show at the last second because...
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it was snowing out. I I, ha- I think I had two people that were going to go but the chances of me getting three people to even stop and oh listen God, to me well that's also a very remote
0: area the Upper West Side oh. it's like in between like where we are here and Columbia so there's not a lot of foot traffic it's yeah. Not like t- yeah it's like I all
1: used to- anorexic grandmothers I used to bark there a lot do they want to <laughs> see comedy that's
3: that's where uh, Sam meets women <laughs>
2: First uh, off, he's right. And <laughs> Not,
3: second off, no.
1: Nothing but, uh, against anorexic grandmother.
0: Uh, but yeah, but... kind of how it came off. You're trying to kick some of Yeah, them came our, judgmental. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Gladys, she didn't mean that. I'm
1: just reporting. Well, yeah, I mean...
3: Uh, so, I, I found out kind of quickly that uh, you can't expect people to just put you on a show... Even if you're kind of funny,
1: mm-hmm. there's
3: a lot and he of people. Yelled to you. Want. Called yeah. and yelled he to called you and yelled at you. He called at me and, and haltered at me. And I was like, well, sir, I don't care for the way you, mo- you keep moving the goalposts on me. <laughs> yes. You expect me to play by the rules. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah. How old were you at this point?
3: Uh, I think I was Early? 25. Oh,
1: wow. So they was, take advantage of you yeah. when you're yeah. young and hungry. Yep. Horny. Yeah. So, so when you met Phil Where, where was You're that? A creep. By the way I have to mention that of all four of us Sam's chair keeps going down <laughs> Sam looks like he's like a foot off the ground it's He looks like, like a tiny child He looks like a little Fall kid so like at the adults table yeah. he's, already got his,
3: he's already got his Nick's pajama shirt on
1: I'm gonna snap Jeff so you, know, you know
0: it's the same producer who did that to Joe I, I remember talking to him once And mm-hmm. my friend shook his hand and He said to my friend That's a great handshake you got Not like that of a young John Travolta <laughs> the lamest name drop I've ever heard in my life
1: oh well, it's kind of gay too hi Phil
0: Anya you okay, really sorry. are reckless with the social media stuff stop okay. you, you're you the team leader you have to lead this interview
1: I'm leading it I'm just hearing about Joe Mackey's entree into New York City Joe uh, how did I meet Phil was, was
3: yeah. your question I think Sam introduced us Because I'm someone who meets people slowly. I was like, "There's this guy you should meet. He's not really a comic. He's more of a prostitute in Times Square, but he's he's
0: a nice guy. I hang out (laughs) with him and I met him and and Midnight Cowboy
2: Hanley. That's what they call him. (laughs) Uh, No, I know. I I know exactly. I can remember exactly where we met. Oh, Okay. (gasps) Um. At the that show, (laughs) that oh shit! It was on the east. It was in the East Village. um,
3: Eric Eyes. Yeah, Uh, Eric Eyes. Yeah, and it was it
2: was through a karaoke mic. It was he would do his show through. No, it was through like an amplifier that you would when you first started learning how to play guitar at the
3: Holiday Cocktail Lounge, a a kind of famous bar that's no longer in existence. That was a
2: great bar. Yeah, that was
0: like a real East Village bar.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You guys are blowing my mind right now. I had this fantasy in my head that like you guys just showed up in New York and you just showed up at the comedy cellar. But no, you really had to pay your dues. Oh, we
2: played. Yeah. No, this was
3: a show that was so bad that. Uh, it wasn't even
2: that long ago. It was like four years ago. Yeah. Like,
3: like a fireman Ooh, what, during one yeah. of my sets. And that- two drunk firemen came in <laughs> uh-huh. and one took his pants off <laughs> and walked up to me on the stage. He's And he's like, he's just standing there yeah. with no pants. And he, he wasn't really doing, he wasn't heckling.
1: Yeah. Was this in you
3: 2001? Know, and I think oh, he liked you. <laughs> uh, no, so the the, man, the bar manager took him off the stage, and I have the video, and it's kind of funny, but I don't want to show it because...
1: It's a podcast. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, I mean, just to, I, like, I don't
3: not, you know, comics put like tapes of weird things that happen. Oh, yeah. And then they get known for that, mm-hmm. and it's like, I'd rather... You seducing not, a fireman? I'm sorry? Are you seducing <laughs> a fireman? <laughs>
2: it goes All viral. Right. on the road. They're like, pull down your pants. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> That's a Joe,
1: I think that'd make a good TBT on Instagram. Are you familiar with what that is? Uh, yeah.
3: Yes, but why don't you tell me? Uh, why it, don't you tell the viewers? So? Okay, TBT <laughs> is a
1: throwback Thursday. Uh-huh. And uh, I think that would make a great throwback Thursday. Just a quick 14-second video of a yeah. fireman with no pants. That
0: guy, Louie, who ran the Holiday Cocktail Lounge, was a great guy. It was a sad. It's like a sad thing that 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 bar went under because that was like an old school bar in the East Village.
2: Yes, cheap drinks. Yes, just
0: It was just a great hang. Someone
3: famous. It has a like you can look it up on on the internet. It has like a famous history of people who used to go in there. But in the East Village, there's a lot of places that, especially on the side streets, where the community board is very particular about noise complaints. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, and I think New York Comedy Club has to put up with that too. Uh, so it, I, I he was always fighting with them and he opened up a a different place, so I hope he's doing well. I don't
2: there's a couple of those well there's I'm sure there's tons and tons, but yeah, that bar closed is
3: what
0: was the other with great blue, blue and gold? B- blue and gold, yeah. Well,
2: blue and gold I think is still around, but blue and
0: gold is known I think it's on seventh street between <clears throat> first and second. Yeah. And blue and gold you can get like a Shivers You can get like top shelf I drink Glenfiddich for like there bucks. for four bucks. Yeah. yeah it's something crazy. Yeah. Cheap. Didn't we used to go there? We'd been there. Yeah. I think. I don't think I we, like that spot. You know. We so weren't. you
1: met
3: Phil? Yes, I I met Phil I met all my friends indirectly cuz of Sam. Cuz Sam brought me to the Eric I show. Sam introduced me to so you I brought have known
0: you, each I other. brought you to uh, I brought you to the hell shows. Yeah,
3: uh Sam <laughs> Sam basically was getting a lot of stage time at bad shows and and I think <laughs> I'm not making excuses out, for him, strip. but that's, you know, that's kind of why.
1: That's <laughs> why. So when was the uh, last comic standing? Because that was how the country got really got to know you. Oh,
3: uh, I was on the prior season before this summer, uh, last summer, and... Uh,
1: 2014.
3: Yeah, I brought the pain. Um, you sure
1: as F did. Yeah,
3: and, and a lot of people were throwing around the term America's sweetheart. They were? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mostly and, in his apartment.
1: Uh, no, Sam... Sam. I think I met you because we were both on a podcast, like Race Moonlighting, Wars. lighting dude.
0: Was Moonlighting, it? yeah. That's
1: my old, where I met him.
0: podcast. Wow,
1: I met him through Sam, too. Everyone's yeah.
0: met Joe through me. Joe's not real. <laughs> <laughs> He's a figment of my imagination.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember that very vividly, and I remember thinking, wait, is this real? Is this is what ha- is happening real? First what? of all, you seem like you're from another time and place, you're a very special person. I was instantly captivated by everything you said and your voice. Oh, thank, thank you.
2: I, and I the, hope that's good. Should <laughs> Sam and I leave? This is. The, like, no, Why don't you bone him right here? Geez, <laughs> you're so Christ.
1: gauche. You're so crass. Uh-huh. You should have called your CD Crass Act.
0: Yeah, because that's the way you but like it. But then
1: baby. I oh. really was taken with your humor and your stand-up is so funny and fresh and original. Oh, thank and, you. And fine, I guess I won't compliment you anymore because these guys are dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some
3: people write jokes (laughs) because we have like clever things to say about society. (laughs) Uh, And some people just take pot shots (laughs) and stuff and make dick jokes. I'm not going to name names. It's pretty pretentious
0: um, to say that you yourself have clever things to say about society, Joe.
3: (laughs) But I just want to also check out Sam's album, Class Act. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you like that kind of, you know,
0: smut. Rubbish. <laughs> Available on iTunes. Let's <laughs> well, let people
3: just trash my... And you can get it on Amazon Prime. Right?
1: You were at Sam's CD release. Did you have a good time? Tell us about the highlights of the night. Who you liked, who you didn't like.
3: Oh, well, it was a packed lineup. Um, Sam kind of, you know, he digs a hole going first. <laughs> I had to follow. I had to, I had to basically pick up his carcass off the stage and make people remember that it's a comedy show. And then after that, uh, it was just it was just a great lineup. Uh, we just
0: kind of opened with the gimmicks. We got Joe out of the way. And then we just went on cruise control, and everyone had a great time. Da- Dave
3: Attell closed it. Uh, so that's always – whenever you get to see Dave Attell, you kind of feel bad for doing stand-up because someone who's that good makes you feel – I don't know. I saw him the other night at the cellar, and I hadn't heard anything he'd said. And it was better than most of the stuff I've worked His for. throwaway. Like on.
0: Did you know what he said the other night? Were you the, we were there the other night when Dave tells that to a guy in the crowd, a drunk guy, and he goes, Sir, it's guys like you that
2: make girls like her fuck guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> that That's was such so a good, good. riff. Um, but, Joe, let me ask you this. Because for me, as a, as a friend, it was crazy. So you did last comic standing. And I remember you came back. You just arrived back. Uh, and we met doing these, you know, those shows that were, you know, not ideal that you we were talking about with the firemen and stuff. Right. And then, so you did last comic standing and then you, you did the tour and you came back. And I remember we were walking to a show and all of a sudden people started recognizing you on the street and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, it's you, you kind of work in obscurity as a stand up for years and years and yeah. years because no one wants to even give you stage time, even if you're funny, because. It's so hard to get people to go. All these clubs have shows packed with people who are, have albums out that are great and TV. And if it were you know, music or people who are on sitcoms, they'd be full because people yeah. want to see people they know. Um, yeah. And just because people recognize your face, it, it helps a lot more. You can, you can work a lot more places. Uh, but it's also kind of weird because I remember I was at a gas station and I, I had to go pee. So I went into the bathroom. And I guess the women's bathroom was gross mm-hmm. because these two women were going to come into the guys' bathroom, <laughs> oh. and I opened the door as soon as, like, at the same time they were going to open the door. Yeah, and um, I opened the door. They were they were about to walk in, so they both screamed,
2: mm-hmm.
3: and they're like, "Oh, last comic standing!" And I'm like, "Ah."
0: And Joe's like, like, "This. I guess I can't do this from meetups anymore."
3: <laughs> no, it's just like I can't like. You, you it's like you're just not ready for people to to know who you are sometimes. Well, yeah. for
2: me it was I, and I hope I get to see this with all my friends, but it was great um to see cuz yeah, look, we start in those shitty shitty rooms and then uh say like sell when you sold out that weekend at Carolines. How is it do you just come to terms with that or how surreal does that feel?
3: Uh it, it it's I, you know, I still feel insecure because even when things are going well, you're like, "Oh, what if next year they're not going well?" But that's a good thing because you keep writing. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about stand up is it probably will happen to all of us because everyone I know who that works hard and is funny and stand up succeeds, and I can't say that about acting or music or literature or film. Stand up's the one thing. Yeah, stand up's the one well, thing where if you're funny. Well, your
0: definition of success, though. Too. I mean, I mean, because there's, I think there's some comics that are like criminally underrated. That's
3: true. Know? But they, even like the guys who are criminally underrated can still work. That's true. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. they're supporting themselves doing something that they love to do. Yeah, that's true.
1: But uh, they might not get famous, right? But right. they could always work.
3: Like there's a guy that I think Sam and I both really. Really think it's underrated And that's Nick Griffin Oh yeah, yeah. One of the first guys That pops into my head He's done, been on the podcast He's not a household name But he's done Letterman What 10 times He oh, did 11. Letterman like 10 ti- yeah, times Yeah he did
0: our podcast once too yeah.
3: Oh and uh, think that, What was the name of that episode Do you remember <laughs> uh, was, Infinite Jesters, Yeah. So look yeah. that
0: one up It's a great one
3: And even though He's not a household name He can still work All around the country And he's been on TV He works at the Cellar he, You know it, not everyone gets that like break, but and he's still, still doing could. what he, he's great enough yeah. that yeah. he still
0: could. I mean, he's that's the thing about stand up, too. Is you could, I mean, look at Lewis Black or Ronnie Dangerfield they're great comics who get it later in life. Yeah, and Nick is not just a great joke writer, a lot of things he says I think are kind of profound. I think he's just, yeah, very wise. He
1: also has a, a, ho- a side sort of hobby and he's really good at screenwriting and he loves writing horror films. Do you have anything like that that's sort of like ancillary to stand up comedy that you love doing? That's sort of, or, oh, or is boy. it just a hundred percent stand-up?
3: Uh, right now, it's a hundred. I've, I'm one of those people that shifts from interest to interest. I really mm-hmm. like science fiction and reading. Yeah, and do you write? Uh Sam and I are working on some stuff, but it's still new for me.
0: You guys I, yeah. should do
1: like an animated. Show.
3: But we have that. We we
0: kind of do have that. But we also have a thing where we uh, that we do that red eye segment, and we're trying to do something with that. So we'll talk about that, when we know the more about that. I do love the rivalry
1: there. I do love. Well, the so people
0: seem to like it. We kind of go at each other pretty hard, and uh,
1: you can YouTube that. Check out Sam Morella and Joe Mackie. I think it's just on called Mackie
3: versus Morell on Red. It's fun. We have a, we have a good time. But it's it's sometimes I feel like there's not enough hours in the day. Because yesterday I. I did a show on Fox News that Greg Gutfeld show and then I went to go see Rachel do her hour Mm. our friend Rachel Feinstein is is about to tape a special
2: where was that where did she do an hour last night? she
3: practiced at Levity in Nyack did you go there yeah I went she's like hey come watch the show if you have any notes and I had a few suggestions but it's it's already really strong I don't Think
0: it's, oh, it's Crazy It's, yeah. it's our uh, last November 4th, weekend. I believe she's taping in the it's, city. you guys all she's help
1: each other? Because I went to see all you guys at Caroline's one night, and it was so fun to watch three people that are really such good friends go up and kind of riff with each other. And I was wondering, do you guys ever, like with my musician friends, we'll, we'll help each other with like a verse or a chorus or you know, give each other feedback. Do you guys do that?
2: And- we talk about jokes, but we don't. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we'll talk about like a bit that we have or whatever. It, yeah. might, it might change a little. I mean, someone
0: like Rachel right now who's had to have a pretty quick turnaround. She just put out a half hour on Comedy Central, and now she's doing an hour. So I think maybe the the more we have to put out, the, the more we'll have to lean on each other. But right now, it's like we're all kind of getting to a, a certain place.
3: Yeah, and it's all like – if Phil has a, a great joke premise, sometimes it, it's great to bounce it off me or Sam. And we can – you, you kind of think in circles sometimes. Yeah. And having an outsider come in, it still Phil's joke. But – you know, it's sometimes it's just good to hear another perspective yeah. can help
0: also I mean the main reason I bounce bitches is to make sure it's not been done or it's not hacky or something yeah and bounce also, bitches what
1: did you say bounce bits oh <laughs> well, well, Jesus Christ He's sure like not bitches.
3: let this misogyny yeah, you go of yeah.
1: the engineer producer thought so too
3: um, yeah and plus uh, uh, most of the uh, bits be people, crazy people ha- uh, have Sam has bounced have been done <laughs> That, so, was, that was. A, that but was a joke now about, he's really moved I was too busy on focused on how bitch got be crazy, got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun riff. But, you know.
0: So,
2: but uh, <laughs> no, but and also, or sometimes you'll have a joke that this is not hitting, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Fuck, I think this is funny, man." Yeah. And then I'll talk to Sammy or I'll talk to Joe or whatever, and they'll be like, "Yeah, no, 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 that's good. Just keep." Sometimes it's weird. It just takes and you just add like one word and then all of a sudden it's, you know. Well,
1: you guys do one for me because I have an idea, but it's not a joke.
2: But it's like a song (laughs) lyric?
1: No, this happened to me the other day. I never think of jokes. I only think of things that I think are mildly funny in life, for Mm -hmm. instance. But you'll tell me, should I just throw out this idea or could you do anything with it? Or could I do anything with it? So I was having this really stressful conversation with my publishing company. I've been trying to get them on the phone for a year. I was either going to leave, we were going to break the contract, or we were going to move forward. I was terrifically nervous, and I finally got my lawyer, their lawyer, my manager, and one other really important guy on the call, and I'm nervous as hell, and it starts at 2.30. It's a conference call. I call in. I punch in the conference call code, and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm like, I've meditated, and the voice comes on, and she goes, if you are the leader, press one you are the first person on this call. If you are the leader, press one. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she goes, are you the leader? Are you the leader? And it just kept repeating that. And then finally, like other people came on the call. You,
2: you weren't the leader. I, but yeah, I wasn't yeah, the I'm leader. i go on a limb and say you're not the leader. <laughs>
1: yeah, I wasn't. But I was like, there's something funny there. But is that just like an anecdote? That's not a joke. Do
2: you want to punch that up, Joe? <laughs> no, there's definitely something funny.
1: Right?
3: There, I like to hear the voice go, you know, Start asking more and more depressing questions (laughs) (laughs) if you're not the leader.
1: That's good, okay.
3: Like, are you the second most important person on the call?
0: Finally, the voice goes, you're not
3: shit. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the administrative assistant? (laughs)
1: That's really good. Thank you. Okay, so that's how it works. See, that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen, between being a musician and being a comedian.
0: You could have written a kick-ass
3: song about being the leader, though. <laughs> well, how do, how do musicians help each other? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I'll send a song to a friend. I love my friend, Brett. He's in the band Spoon. And I'll send him a song. And I, I'm really good at writing verses and choruses. I have a really tough time with bridges. Like, in The Power of Love, Huey Lewis writes that part. Do you know that song?
3: Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. I I mean, I have sports.
1: <laughs> yeah, in, it's in so CD. good.
3: I have the CD of sports.
1: He's so, <laughs> he's so good. So the bridge is brilliant. It's that part that goes, They say that all in love is fair. Yeah, but you, you don't, don't care. care. And you'll know what to do. When it gets old, so that whole part is the bridge. I'm not good at writing bridges, so I'll write.
2: Is that a particularly good bridge?
1: It is because it's like it's a whole key change. Like the rest of the verses are like, "That's a power of (laughs) love." Anyway, if you want to buy "The Power of Love" by Anya Marina, it's out now on iTunes. Really good. But yeah, it's cool because it it lifts it. It takes it to a whole new place. And it's kind of like, usually bridges to me are like, I could get rid of this whole part. Um, But they're interesting. I think that song, Dead Song, Till the Morning Comes, I don't think that has a bridge, which Uh, is probably why I like it so much. Oh, really? Yeah. It might just have an instrumental bridge. But anyway, we'll send each other stuff, and, and Brit will say, like, you could take it to this chord, or you could... And like interject some cool part, or some one time he wrote one for me. So that's fun. And my friend Eric Hutchinson has done the same because I hate writing bridges and he'll just come up with one. I'm like, ah, it's genius. It like lifts it, it's cool, it's melodic and then I have to give them part of my publishing.
0: It's like maybe almost like someone who writes great tags in comedy. Like maybe yeah. you like the punchline, and then someone gives you that one extra line yeah, yeah. over the top, you yeah.
1: know? Right. It also kind of ties
3: back into like you're, you're thinking in a circle. It's like it's got to fit this and then someone's like coming in from outside and being like, what about this? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's the same thing.
1: I can do that with with friends very easily if I hear their song. I'll know exactly where it's like dipping, but it's Mm -hmm. hard to do with my own stuff. I have the
2: same with jokes. I can, (laughs) if someone can say a joke to me and have all these different, and it's not necessarily a better way to go or whatever, but I have, it like inspires all these different ideas. Whereas if you have your own bit and you're just staring at it, you can't, you know what I mean? You kind of get stuck. You don't
1: have any perspective, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Joe. What can I hear a little bit about your upbringing? Like, where'd you come from? Oh,
2: sure. Uh, I want
1: to know how you got to be you.
3: I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania uh, in a in a college town, and it's right in the middle of Pennsylvania. And if there wasn't this college, there'd be nothing. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so there's this giant, enormous college, Penn State University. And when when I was, Le-
1: is it Ivy? No, that's UPenn. Penn. Oh, that's what? UPenn. Penn. Yeah, okay. it's a state
3: school. Did you go to Penn State? I did. Okay. Um, Uh, But um, it's a beautiful town, and it's got a lot of things that you wouldn't have normally in a small town because of – it's got like a planetarium because of this giant university. And there's just so many opportunities and so many brilliant people living there, but also there's farms and backyards. And uh, you kind of have this big uh, juxtaposition of of nothing and everything uh, that you don't – most people don't get. And uh, I guess my family is kind of old school in a lot of ways. uh my parents and myself like we're all, we're all Catholic, mm-hmm. and I guess we're pretty devout comparatively to most people, and that definitely sets me apart in stand up comedy um yeah, they
2: are a bunch
0: of heathens,
3: oh good Lord, it's gonna be like. <laughs>
0: I like that Joe sticks to his guns, though, with yeah. everything. Like, he's very who he is. Like, yeah. It's almost like, I think it's, like, edgier to be religious these days. Oh, absolutely. Especially in the comedy clubs, yeah. you know? Yeah. And kind to of stick
2: to that. Uh-huh.
3: Well, I think, like, just in general, the whole world is kind of, I think that the country is, is in flux. I, I tried to write a joke about this, but, like, you know when John Lennon said he was bigger than Jesus? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was controversial right. at the time. It was like you can't do that. And yeah. Lenny Bruce's whole act.
2: And we, well, he said the Beatles are more popular than Jesus. Be- yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Phil. That, <laughs> that ruined my whole story. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm, just, just, I'm just
3: giving you a hard time. I'm sorry. Um, but like, uh, it's almost like what is politically correct? Th- like pol- political correctness has always existed. It's just, it's just we've kind of flipped what political correct Absolutely. is because yeah. the uh, who is in power of what's politically correct is flipped. Yeah. But no one's really figured that out, and there's a lag, and stand-up comedy still hasn't. A lot of comedians still haven't figured that out.
1: Are you the one that has that bit about, like, it's not about being politically correct, it's about, like, don't be an asshole?
3: I don't,
0: uh, but... I heard John Stewart say something like that's that. what yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I Watched yeah. that set the other but, night yeah.
1: but when you he know what? Dro- It was the night I was there. The night that he dropped in, and Louie and Amy and you were you were amazing. I was in, bet- I was in
3: between like all the biggest stars. He was stars. between
1: John Stewart and and Amy Schumer, and he comes on. And He's like killing right away, and he's like, "Well, oh, forget about that guy you just saw. That was that was bullshit." I said, "I said he's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. He's a loser." <laughs> it was so I good. Love that. I was there with Kate Walsh. Uh, The actress from Grey's Anatomy, I'm sure you're a big fan. You just had on the podcast. Yep, and my sister, and uh, it was both of their last nights in New York, and we walked home, and the whole walk home, we were just like, I can't believe that night. That That was was such a great night. Everybody was amazing. Phil Hanley killed.
0: Oh, thanks, yeah. And John Stewart, I mean, unsurprisingly, had had some great uh, material.
1: Oh yeah, he was very funny. He's like, I'm the. What did he say? Because he came up with gray hair and a gray beard, and he was like, "I'm the grandfather of John Stewart, or I'm the ghost <laughs> of John Stewart." I know you guys are thinking, "Who is this old Jew?" <laughs> I
0: love what Mackie's saying about political correctness yeah. shifting because I think it's really interesting. Because like what Lenny Bruce was doing in the '60s was really edgy because it had never been done before, and he was being, you know, he was being. He was on trial for saying these things. They were, in fact, actually edgy, and now you can say any of it. I mean, it's not edgy now. Edgy is is kind of the exact opposite, and that's kind of what Norm McDonald's I think point was about uh, edginess and like to mock religion. You say something new. I mean, I think his Mm -hmm. point is just kind of hacky. If you want to mock it. Come from an angle that's actually saying something fresh. What's I,
1: Norman saying about religion?
0: Mar, Norm McDonald, not Mar oh, Norman. okay, okay. I think just like a comic made a joke on a show that was not, uh, that was just kind of mocking the Bible, and it's like, well, that joke's been fucking done. And it death.
3: got oh. it got an applause break, and yeah. Norm made the point that like, if your joke gets an applause break, it's probably not edgy. Of course not.
2: Ah. Uh. In, I mean,
0: and in that, and in, if it's your fans, but if it's like a, a crowd like that, where it's, yeah.
2: like, it's you know mixed. But also, I I think what you were saying about I, I don't think the audience knows exactly where political correctness lies now either, and I think that's why comics are baffled sometimes or get irritated when a joke gets a groan. It, You're like, you did you know? Well, it's I, always change. It's like it's always changing. Audiences also,
3: also uh, audiences also don't know what good comedy is a lot of the time like last night in Nyack, I kind of felt like Rachel was putting on a great show. Uh, but Rachel isn't doing stereotypes. Rachel's mm-hmm. not doing relationships, st- like men are cr- this, women are this stereotypes. Mm-hmm. All of hers are new ideas. And yeah. in the past, it was easy to just go up and say, women are crazy. My Like they're always, they, I, you know, I... And that stuff kills. That yeah. stuff kills here. That stuff kills everywhere. Yeah. I was, well, it's not
0: a new idea. It's a safe idea. Yeah. I mean, if you're saying it in a new way, I don't think any premise is inherently hack. I I there's, don't think there's so. a way to say anything in a fresh way, right? But oh, and but it's there's also certain subjects that are more likely to be hack.
3: Uh, when when a, when when you're saying something uh, a premise and it lacks specific, specificity, uh, people will laugh at. Oh white guys can't dance or something like that right but instead rachel saying a specific thing about a specific person yeah and that makes people have to think a little more Mm -hmm. and people still aren't used to that in a lot of stand-up i was at a club i don't want to name the club i was at a club recently and a guy went to go to the bathroom what club (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want to say it and uh, a guy went to go to the bathroom and sam was also here with me and uh the host goes, oh, you look like a white thug. Uh, he was wearing a knit mm-hmm. tassel cap. A what cap? A, uh, a, a knit tassel cap. Oh, okay. And uh, the audience laughed, and then he started saying, you're white, but you're a thug, so you do this, this, and this. So not only is he stereotyping, like, ethnicity of what you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. he's also stereotyping uh, what a thug is. Because this guy is wearing a hat, right? And it murdered. And all Kinda this like guy tug.
0: Am I right? Does yeah. that
3: just kill <laughs> you? Like, it just come on. it drives me nuts. Because, like, I thought stand-up comedy is supposed to be saying, "Oh, you you wear a hat, and you, people are making judgments about everything you do." That's ridiculous, right? Yeah. Oh, um, like black guys are more just uh, stereotypically wear that hat, so that means a whole bunch of things about them. That's ridiculous. But instead, what kills is the idea that I don't have to think about this. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's funny that that a lot of people have already said that about them, so I can laugh.
0: Crowd work is very interesting though because you kind of you you're talking off the cuff. You, you you have to be very quick and you have to say the first thing that pops into your head. And the first thing that pops in your head, you have to kind of train yourself to not let it be the easy thing. Mm. Yeah, you know, so that there's this you're kind of going against. This very natural instinct you have,
1: and you reveal a lot about yourself right. when you do that,
0: but I mean so people that are really great at crowd work have kind of trained their brain to think differently and and because when you write it's you can kind of like look at it and say, "Oh, this isn't what I mean, but in the moment, you really have to like train your brain to go against what maybe even a smart person would do right because it's easier and it's quicker
1: that's a great point you're really forging change in society I mean I think the jester's job way back when is to comment on society and poke fun at it right
2: well, this is an, what Sammy was saying about people are comfortable but sometimes like this is an example and I, I apologize if I brought this up on the podcast before but it's like the it, it really frustrates me I have jokes about being in special ed right and I have jokes and they're basically making fun of people just assuming that everyone in special ed is really is dumb like that's what people think and I, if I'm in front of a certain crowds can't get their head around that I'm not making fun of people in special ed and get groany and get offended. And I'm like, this is my story. Like, how can you <laughs> right. grow? Like, it's like, it's because they just have it in their head. They heard special ed. Like, oh, he must be making fun of special ed.
1: It's like a hot button thing that makes everybody laugh. It's,
2: yeah, it's just, crazy, and you're just like, it, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's well, you so know it's frustrating.
3: Funny. It's funny because uh, you have jokes about being dyslexic? I, yeah. Is it okay if I say that?
2: Yeah. Um son <laughs> <and>, uh,
3: <laughs> There's so many hacky jokes about... I was to
0: write you a really bad letter about you saying that. Yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't you decipher know people,
2: it. I didn't want to put you on the spot. No, 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 um, not at all. No, thanks, Joe. Uh, but there's so many
3: hacky jokes about... that are actually kind of ignorant uh, about dyslexia. Yeah. Just being you see, you see words backwards yeah. and then they... They say something, they interpret something because the word is backwards, and then they end up looking like a fool. Yeah. And you're kind of a victim of that because there's been so many hacky jokes about dyslexia that you're trying trying to explain what it really is. Yeah, yeah. And they don't even know that. No,
2: they don't care. They're like, no, dyslexics untie. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, no, I've I've read that in a stall too. You don't need to fucking say that to me after a show. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah,
2: they won't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah.
1: It's,
3: it's like the stupid joke has been told so many times. I love yeah. how
0: often people will come up to you after a show and be like, I got something for your act, and it's some fucking street joke. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, did you not notice that everything I said there was an <laughs> original thought yeah. that I had? that. Is, like We think I'm just like perusing joke books yeah. to punch it up, you know?
3: Oh. Yeah. I, I did a casino show, and a guy came up to me, <laughs> and he told me like the most awful Bill Cosby rape joke that I've ever oh, – Like I was – I'm not easily offended. I'm friends with Sam, and, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, you're." The, I would I would be so embarrassed to be you right now. Oh, I want to know. Don't be. He me. doesn't know. Then he goes to me. You can use that, and I'm like, "Oh my god." I like,
2: had the to after a show on Thursday night or something like that. I was talking to these guys, and it was like this young. I was talking to I was talking to these, a group of girls, and uh, the one girl had her hair dyed like this, like interesting color. And then they, then these like guys come over, so the girls left. I'm talking to these guys, and the guy goes to me and goes, "You should have said to her, "Do, do the drapes mat, match the carpet?" Ugh. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, "You shouldn't say that out loud again." <laughs> and, and so you have just gotten a writing job with yeah. a lettering yeah. program. Yeah. So he said it to me, I'm like, "Yeah you shouldn't say that out loud." and uh, and then I was talking to him, and he's a nice guy, or whatever, but he that was his thing, And I talked to him and his and his friends, whatever his legacy. So then they, yeah. so then, so then those guys leave, and I'm walking out of the club, and the group of girls is standing at the bottom of the stairs that I was talking to before. And uh, I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? When I'm, I'm chatting with him, he's like, oh. And they, they're looking around the corner like, oh, did that creep leave? And I'm like, oh, what what creep? Like, do you want me to, like, walk out with you or whatever? And she's like, oh, this guy comes over to me and asks me if my uh, car- the, the drapes oh, match the carpet God. or whatever. I'm like, yeah, you really should have taken my advice on that. <laughs> yeah. I and- like that he did it. I like that he's a free thinker. <laughs> no, you don't. And no, but he was a innocent. Guy. He wasn't a yeah. creep. He wasn't a he's creep. A- he just, he had that joke in his head. He and wanted He just, to wa- show he up. just wanted to... I mean, he shouldn't have said it, he should have really taken my advice, but yeah. whatever, yeah. yeah,
3: a lot of times people just i don't know they don't have good sense of humors, and they were at a comedy show, and yeah they're they all fired like, up. It seems easier than it is if there's a good comic yeah. it just seems like you're talking off the cuff, but also the interesting the thing about stand up that you kind of brought up is I wouldn't presume to tell you how to write a song at, right after you just came off stage. Right, it's and the worst. S- and stand-ups, does it happen to you? Because it happens to stand-ups all I've, the time. I've Bell's- got a
0: song for you. Does the carpet match <laughs> the drapes? Yeah. It's got a bridge. melody. That's the The bridge. kids are singing it. This song is going to be a hit.
1: I the- had a manager and I had a couple people that I knew in my life who every time I got off stage, they would go uh great show so next time you should talk about this and in this spot and you do this song last cuz that song wasn't as strong and i'd be like no feedback just no feedback after the show. Okay gave me 24 hours.
0: Anya, kid, you got some <laughs> talent, but I got this song idea. Bill Cosby raped someone.
1: I can't, Give it a tune. I can't tell you how many people will come up to me like, my daughter wrote a poem, and she wrote lyrics, and, and I love them. They're adorable people. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not talking about anyone in particular if you're listening, but countless times yeah. people will be like, hey, I write raps. Do you think you could put these to music?
0: Oh my god! I have, a, I have a guy I grew up with, and he, said, he sent me a voice. I never like knew him well. I just kind of like he, he went to my high school. I just didn't really know him as a year younger. He left me a voicemail recently saying, "Hey, we even talk- I didn't even know he had my number." And he's like, "Hey, man, uh, I saw this rapper at, at Grand Central on the subway, and he's just like really talented. And if there's anything you could do with that, Cause <laughs> I'm just you, like, why? Because you
1: live in New York. W-
0: w- 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 a rapper in Grand <laughs> Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Let's go on the road together. Yeah. Like,
0: this is my new opener." <laughs> Grand
3: Central hey, Funk It could happen <laughs> <laughs> I, so, you, so you don't want people Giving out your phone
2: number though. <laughs> <laughs> No don't. but w- w- Just what I was gonna say is, So it, uh, But I think with stand-up Is because it looks Like a guy Standing there You know Somewhat they, they being himself Telling it. joke yeah. That everyone thinks That That uh, yeah, but then if you have a guy, if someone thinks that is funny, does the drapes match the curtains? And a joke that you've worked on doesn't hit with an audience, it just goes to show you why it might not hit because it's not about a woman. Maybe you should write hair. jokes
0: that are about mm-hmm. carpets matching drapes, bro.
2: Maybe you should fucking. <laughs> you know, you know learn what I mean? Cuff. Like it shows. It shows you what's what <laughs> <you're>, cool, Jerry.
1: <laughs> Some comics are so good at seeming like everything's off the cuff that. If an audience member is drunk enough, they'll yell out thinking that they're helping them. Like, I remember watching Ryan Hamilton once in San Jose, uh, because I lived there, or I went to visit my folks there, and Ryan happened to be in town, and I was like, I'll come see you play, or do a show. And there were 20 people in the audience, max. And Ryan was doing his usual set. Yeah, big venue, that. I forget. The Coliseum. I forget (laughs) the name of it. Um, Anyway. He was so good and natural and calm that I remember watching him and feeling scared. Like, is he gonna? He seems like this is all improv, but it was his set. Like, I didn't know his set well enough. Now I do. Uh-huh. He was just doing his usual set, just as calm as ever. But I was so nervous just thinking, like, he, because he's so conversational in his usual set. Yeah. And he has long pauses. It was really artful. Joe, you have that too. You have like a kind of the way about you where I love. I love this whole bit you have right now where it's, like, about the country, and you talk about, like, how we say we have it bad, but then we actually have it pretty good. That's oh, a late thanks. night said in the making right
0: there, that Oh, that it's chunk. so good.
3: Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. The swimming pool thing? Oh, yeah. It's about, like, uh... Drought. It's, it's like California. We're having a drought. It's like, oh, are people dying of mass, starva- mass starvation? It's like, no, they're like... They're trying to figure out if we should ban filling up your swimming pools. <laughs> it's like it's all these ridiculous things to do with yeah. how dumb, how dumb, and then you're like, how dumb our terrible disasters must seem.
1: And like a third world country's like, what's a swimming pool? And, like, <laughs> and you're like,
3: it's all you're gonna you're gonna hate me describing. It's like a <laughs> <we've> crocodile free lake that we crocodile free. And uh,
1: and the above ground, (laughs) and you're like, oh, "Oh, you
2: can drink the water. You're like, oh no, no,
1: we (laughs) poison the water. We poison (laughs) the water.
3: You can't drink any of it.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's so good. I relate to that as a Californian. Oh, thanks on a big level. Um, yeah, you're hilarious. People, you got got
0: late night sets in the chamber, man. You got you got many to go.
3: Oh, thanks. I'm thinking about doing another. I was thinking about trying out for America's Got Talent next year, so I don't know if I want to burn it because. I don't know. I don't like doing shows like that, but it's so hard to get an audience because there's, there's like a good, there's a positive side and a downside to the internet. Like anyone can cut through all the middlemen uh, immediately, but there's also too much crap for most people to sift through. So some people can break through that and, and who are genuinely talented uh, succeed off of the internet. For yeah, a lot of people but, it takes
0: a long time. Yeah. It takes a very long time.
3: It also makes it harder for you know people who are doing it every night to, mm-hmm. to get through that. Like for every Bo Burnham, there's a million people uh that are awful.
1: How far did you get?
3: Uh I got fourth place.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Oh,
3: thanks. Straight it, out of the medals.
1: What was your family's response?
3: Uh I think they were pretty happy for me. Um yeah, it's I don't know if you you all have experienced this, but sometimes when you tell people you're a comedian uh, and they're like, or 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 a musician, they're like, "What have you done? Where do you play? What have you done?" And I would say, "Well, I work at the comic strip. I work at Stand Up New York, and I work at Caroline's." And they don't know what that is, so it seems like you're you're not doing very well. And uh, when I was on Last Comic Standing, it was almost like, "Oh, this is actually not." This is, you, oh, he's actually doing this it's for real. real. Yeah. It's, it's not like, it's like they stop, people stop, not necessarily my favorite, but people in general stop rolling their eyes. Yeah. because
1: right. It's legitimized all of a
3: sudden.
0: They're not, yeah. they're not almost like they're not the real fans to begin with, but they're the people that are going to come out and see you, so you need them.
3: You right. Yeah, you can't just pick and choose. You just, you, stand up, you, you need people to go. Because you can't make no one laugh. <laughs> what are the yeah.
1: upsides of, of uh, I'm sorry, what are the downsides of doing a show like Last Comic Standing?
3: Um, you give away a lot of control over how you're presented. Um, they try to incorporate
0: your story, It's your story and they're taking creative control of your entire, of your life. Oh
1: yeah, remember we had, um, Dan Natterman in here oh. and he's talked about how they, I said I loved how they filmed you that day where it was like a day in the life of Dan and he's like that whole thing was made up and they made me like. Do a funny thing with the blinds where, like, the blinds got all messed up and oh,
2: Jesus, really <laughs>
1: silly, like quirky Dan Natterman's house. Did it's, they do anything like that with you?
2: Talk to us about the casting coach,
3: yeah. <laughs> was it
1: a lot of pressure to?
3: Well, you know, the nice thing about the new incarnation of Last Comic Standing is uh, the producers, Wanda Sykes and Paige Hervis are comics, whereas before oh, it did, was a was uh, it was a comedy manager, right? Um, Third so cast. yeah, and So they kind of had an idea that we're going to try to make it less about fake reality TV stuff and make it more about just the jokes. Right. Uh, So I was kind of lucky. They still try to do some of that stuff. And sometimes I kind of felt like they want controversy with other people. But I don't Between I don't. the comics well, I mean, it's, yeah. it's a reality show yeah. first
0: And a comedy show second I, I mean What got what, what was unfortunate for you Is they showed your jokes And your jokes are killer And that's really what, But the truth of it is It's still a reality show They yeah. still want conflict Of right. course Yeah and That's I'll, how they get That's how they get ratings Is conflict is People love that stuff
1: That's true Gary Veeder was talking A little bit about His booba sippy thing Was that a controversy On the show When somebody kind of not stole it, but no, stole I it. No, I think that was, that uh, was, was stealing
0: a joke, I think, yeah. But no. they could
1: have exploited that on the show. And they did
0: which we're... is kind of shocking. I know. But maybe they didn't know. I don't think they knew. Maybe
3: they didn't know, or maybe they wanted that guy to be America's sweetheart. Oh, you know, that's true. The so, new Joe Mackey. Uh, yeah, well, good luck to you, sir. Your because... stuff is
1: so dark. Did they make you tame any of that? Uh, no.
3: Uh, before we start, before we tape the first episode, I submitted jokes like... A couple months in advance to their standards and practices, mm-hmm. and before we were about to start, they said I couldn't use my my bank password is the n word joke, oh. and <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> that that's I was going to close my set on that, like that joke is is good as a good joke, it's and one, that's kind of the I hardest do. hitting
0: jokes in the show I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. and I was like, okay, and I I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do it. Uh, so they had a meeting and they got not back do to do me. the show. Yeah, I was just not going to do the show. Uh, because like I felt like, well, if they if they won't let me do that, they won't let me do my my pizza breadsticks joke uh-huh. or anything like that, and it would be pointless because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do well anyway if they take away. I, I don't know. I guess like I try very well intentioned jokes with good meanings, but yeah, I kind of they kind of just have a dark turn on them, but. Um, if I couldn't do it, what's the point of doing the show? Yeah,
1: but they're so I mean, smart say, and not mean spirited. Yeah, you say
0: it's a dark term, but I don't think of you as a dark comic. It's, I mean,
1: it's just a suggestion of something that's so funny. They had a problem with it. It's a suggestion. You're not even saying. Well,
3: it's the whole point is that I wouldn't say the N word.
1: Right. That's yeah. why I
3: make it my bank password. Right. Because <laughs> you're not supposed to <laughs> it's say such it a funny to anyone. Show. Yeah. I mean, and, and but do you th- I I do get it's a it's a buzzword, and what yeah. Phil was saying about yeah. special ed, it's like. I've had it sometimes where people are drunk and they hear the N-word. Yeah. Like uh, I had a a white woman in a crowd who was hammered. Uh, go up to a, a black couple after a show and say, he should apologize to you. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> a white yeah. person did that too. Oh. She said to the black couple, white he should oh apologize God.
0: to you. Oh, that's and when you hope
2: that person fell down a flight of stairs right after saying that. Oh. Yeah, that person's not helping this planet. No. <laughs> that level of
0: dumb. You know what? Sometimes it's fun also. It, people don't understand this about comedy. It's fun to rope people in with a buzzword and then release tension. That's what yeah. comedy is. Yeah. I did that yeah. in my half hour. I do a Boston Marathon joke. I rope people in with Boston marathon and how i say the punchline is i say how sad it made me me and my brother we don't do anything together anymore i make it about (laughs) me you know so it's (laughs) like i the joke is not about the marathon at the end it's about me you know and and i think people they look at buzzwords and they're just like why don't like that joke it's like well that's why the joke's funny because i roped you in a certain
2: way yeah 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 i don't like that yeah i don't i like the topic either that's why i make it it's yeah it's fucking ridiculous i
1: have a theory that if more people go out and see more comedy then I hope that we will become more like connoisseurs. Like if you go out and eat a bunch of foie gras, and diff- well, this is a bad example, but if you start, yeah,
0: way to, th- way to speak to the common people. <laughs> no, no, if you, if you start- go out and have some foie gras, if you no. go
1: to the Met and then you go to the Whitney and then uh, you go to MoMA, uh, you start to get a good idea of what what great art is. You well, know, these are all older what about art forms if, are if you're going yeah, to stand see stand-up, dolphin stand-up art in La Jolla, what, what, California? But what about yeah. just
2: just like people who uh just listen to like top forty radio and think there's nothing deeper than whoever the big yeah. pop star. Like ninety nine
3: percent of songs should be love songs. That's all there is in the world and <laughs> and that's all they want. And yeah.
2: yeah. Like or like who who who's like a big like okay so someone hears like Justin Bieber and thinks okay that's the end all of music. You're like, well no, there's like there's more. There's other
1: music. Yeah.
2: And I feel like that's what people just want the surface of comedy sometimes. But I know, they,
1: that's a tough one because I'm not going to even trash Justin Bieber. No, no, I'm
2: not, I'm not, I'm not, trashing. Yeah, trash, don't trash the Biebs, bro. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I'm trashing saying, anyone, like, but y- I'm saying y- it's the most easy, it's easy to get because right. it's everywhere. I don't know, Justin, okay. Bieber, whatever. Someone, yeah. whoever, the who the music industry is like forcing down your throat. It's yeah, like.
1: You should check out other stages. Well,
2: people look. Okay, so Justin Bieber, well, who, who is the influenced by? Maybe I'll like, you know, whoever. Get on Pandora, man well, the, the Does nice... that not make sense?
1: Yeah, it does No, it does I'm trying to think of other But it
2: wasn't trashing Justin Bieber
1: I know I was thinking like If you get on the radio That's a sign that you're good It's sort of like the The NBC or ABC of
2: Oh, because okay, it doesn't necessarily If you get on TV It doesn't mean It doesn't necessarily mean that. I'm you're... trying to
1: think of Patently bad music or... I,
3: I don't know if If you get on the radio It necessarily means that you're good Because my problem with That's true <laughs> My problem with music is that it's marketed to the people who buy it. Top 40 is marketed to the people who buy it the most, and that's tweens through college kids. So we're selling what good music is to the dumbest people <laughs> alive. Right. Like, I was so stupid when I was 13. Yeah. I can't oh even God. imagine. But that they get to pick what's on the radio. So
2: with comedy, I think they're trying to pick – I think sometimes they're trying to pick what that demographic would like. You know what I mean, yeah. and that's not necessarily Good. the case. I mean, that's why none of us will be on MTV, you know.
3: <laughs> well, uh, oh. but you you also said something about it. Comedy is new, and I, I also I agree with that because yeah. uh, to me, comedy right now it's like 1965 with rock music. Like you had Bill Haley in the comments, yes. and mm-hmm. that was great, but it was still we're still figuring it out. It's it wasn't a massively done thing. And it wasn't personalized until pretty recently. And
0: some countries are just, I mean, can you imagine just discovering music? I mean, some, a lot of countries, like, stand it's a brand new thing in their country. You know, we. I mean, it's not old. When did it start? Maybe the 50s in this country?
3: Yeah, it started being a thing that people, like, because there was Bob Hope and Henny Youngman that were doing one-liners, and a lot of them had writers, and mm. it wasn't personalized. It was but just, then,
0: like, guys like Robert Klein came along it kind of became more of, like, a personal thing Yeah, like how someone thinks. It was more kind of intimate. And then Louis is even more personal, exactly. right? Exactly, just Keeps going to that next place. So yeah. it's like, where's stand up going to be in twenty years? Where's it going to be in thirty years? And then these other countries are going to get involved, and it's, it's going to be even more interesting. It's stand up. I mean, people were talking about how, like in China, it's like a new thing. People were talking about in France how it's yeah. like, a new thing. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Where, it's like it gonna they be? opened
3: their, their first first club in France, and they're do. Look, I read an article about the jokes they were doing, and it was like it reminded me of. Jokes they were doing here in the 80s. Oh, really? Yeah, they're like terrible. It's just getting big there. Yeah, it's like the traffic, the cars are. (laughs)
1: That's funny. Oh,
3: man, driving over the Pyrenees is so much different than (laughs) driving in
1: Paris. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, I guess it's true. The more you expose yourself to different types of comedy that is considered good and music, you know, if you pretend you have that big older sibling that's like check out you know the dead and Paul Simon and Mm -hmm. Randy Newman and you know the the whoever like Blondie check out all these different great examples of art I think then you, you can sort of tailor your taste and realize oh that's really elevated or that's kind of hacky I I think that's happened to me. I mean, I've been a big comedy fan since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I started going to see stand-up when I was, I think, like 20 years old or 18, 19 years old, going out constantly to see stand-up. I think the stuff that I thought that was funny then in the 80s or 90s is probably not what I would consider funny now because my tastes have evolved. I mean, I live with Nikki Glaser. Your tastes have
0: evolved. The times have changed. And, yeah. and and you've gotten older, so I mean, that's how it is for all of us. I, mean, I think
1: it helps too to have somebody like have people who are really good around you. Like I remember going out with Nikki recently to see comedy. We were watching somebody, and she's like, "That's that's such a hacky thing, right there." And I was like, "Well, tell me why," you know. And she was explaining like, "Well, here's something that comedians do a lot that I hate," she said. Like, when the, they'll say, like, and then this happened, and she's like, that never happened. I hate
2: that, too. They're
1: like, you're making a comic, it up. You
0: know, I saw a comic recently, I'm like, everything he's saying didn't happen. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. It's one, if, It's okay if it's, like, one thing, but... One thing, or if it's, like, or if the joke is good enough, I'll go on you with your lie. Yeah. If the joke is that way, if it's, like, a Stephen Wright joke, and you're like, all right, that's... Br- I mean, the, the misdirect was brilliant enough that you're kind of like, all right, whatever. Yeah. But if, if the joke's not even that good, you can't... If you're getting the laugh because of the made-up scenario... Yeah. 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 That, that you're basically just going to laugh. I also, it feels like when you're talking to someone, you're like, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a <laughs> lie. Yeah. And you're like, at some point you're like, why am I interacting with you?
1: Yeah. Why am I listening? I yeah. want to be on board and believe you. Yeah.
3: And sometimes people will do things that it's like not, not only are, did, they, did they not happen, but they couldn't have happened. Right. Like uh, a guy I heard do a joke about how he downloaded a woman's bikini photo off of Facebook and then he said, "When you download a photo off of Facebook, it notifies that person, which isn't <laughs> even not, a thing." No, it's and not. And is like so. Then he's talking about how he found out that they that they were friends of they had mutual friends, and he was actually gonna probably one day meet this person. And how weird a scenario would be that that he'd already been busted for downloading her bikini photo and. I'm like this. Could, this is impossible. Yeah.
0: yeah. I heard this one coming to a bit reason. about yeah. making his bank password the N word, and I was like, <laughs> that would never happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey guys, uh, right. this is too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: I'm doing this for free. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Joe Mackey thank you. It's so a great much
3: joke. Coming great
1: down, you're you're great. You're we great love Joe. you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This is thanks for breaking your uh, podcast embargo. He's, yeah,
3: he's I haven't done one in a while. I'm he's trying to get back out there, out there. Yeah,
1: follow Joe Mackey at Joe Mackey M A C H I on Twitter. Are you on Instagram?
3: I just uh, started being on Instagram. Comedian Joe Mackey. Yeah.
1: Oh, good. I can't wait to follow
3: M-A-C-H-I. you.
1: M-A-C-H-I. Uh, do you have any appearances? Uh, you know, um recording my first album,
3: 1124, at the Village Underground. Uh, eight and ten shows. So if you Exciting. are in the New York City
1: area, come on down.
2: I didn't know that was confirmed. Yep, it's confirmed. Congrats, Joe. That's great, It's a big one, dude. Thanks. I, ho- I hope it's going to be fun.
1: Go to Joe Mackey's website. Is it JoeMackey.com? Yep. Awesome. I have my tour dates on there. You're delightful. Thank you so much. Phil Hanley. Follow Phil M, as in Marie Antoinette Hanley, oh, on yes. Twitter and I'm Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's going to be at McGuire's on Long Island November 20th and 21st. Oh, okay. Bohemia can eat
0: you alive. That little ladylike <laughs> figure. You can't handle it. At
1: <laughs> the Comedy Nest i had it, bro. In Montreal. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have an I had it, bro. We just
0: this. did. <laughs> I've had it, bro.
1: He'll be in Montreal New Year's Eve at the Comedy Nest. Don't miss... Sam Wildcard Morell uh, in Southampton, Bermuda. That's right. Sorry, Southampton in Bermuda, November twenty eighth, and get his new album, Class Act, on iTunes. It's available now.
3: Keep
0: buying it. Keep spreading the word, and keep smiling
3: for the joke. But don't go, <laughs> don't go to Bermuda just for Sam's act. You're gonna be really disappointed. <laughs> You're
0: gonna love the act. You're gonna love the knickers I'll be wearing to fit in with those uh, townspeople.
1: <laughs> townspeople. Cool. Follow Sam. Me and Michael Murrell,
0: Douglas, we go together. S A M
1: M O R R I L on Instagram and Twitter. And you can pre order my album, Paper Plane, at Anya or go to PledgeMusic.com slash project slash Anya Marina. Thanks for following We Know Nothing Pod at uh, on Instagram. Email us, We Know Nothing Pod at Gmail. Dot com we did you do any
0: questions that We'll do them next I time. know.
1: We have some, but email us more next dating time. questions, life questions. Subscribe and rate the podcast. Thanks to our engineers and producers for helping out with the show. Thanks to Stand Up New York Labs. We love you guys, and we know nothing. Bye. Bye. Bye.